What's up, freaks? Welcome back to another very special bonus episode of the Freaks Procast, presented by the Proc Space. And yes, this is gonna be more Euroblast interviews for you. This time it is two special hand-picked bands from my very good friend and colleague from the Prague space, Rune Belswick Reynolds, who uh, was co-hosting some some of the interviews and also the Euroblast review. So if you haven't uh, listened to the Euroblast review yet, the full review of the whole festival, you can check that out in episode 19 of the Procast. But now we have two young and talented bands. One is from the UK and the other one is from the United States. I'm talking about Azure and Head with Wings. We're going to start with Azure out of Brighton with uh, vocalist and guitarist Christopher Sampson and guitarist Gallon Stepley. And that interview was, as you will hear, the very first one I had the joy and honor of being joined by Rune. And then after that, we'll have guitarist Brandon, drummer Andrew Testa, and bass player Steve from the band Head With Wings. Don't forget to check out the bands on Bandcamp, YouTube, Spotify, whatnot. But first, have a listen what they have to tell you about their band and their music. Enjoy. What's up, freaks? We are still at Euroblast, and I'm super happy and honored to have a special co-host for this Euroblast uh, shenanigans on the prog cast uh, with me, Rune from Trondheim, also my good friend and good colleague from the prog space. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dario, for having me. It's uh, it's going to be a blast, literally. Uh, Absolutely. I have no doubt about that. And he's not the only one sitting with me here right now. We have two young gentlemen from the UK, from Azure, and because Rune is a... Uh, more familiar with the band and their music, I will just give him the space, the prog space, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> to it's gonna be one of those. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, yeah, have a chat with the guys. I'm I'm gonna hand over the mic and um, yeah, then you can introduce yourselves. What what your role in the band is, and then Rune will take it from there. Hi, I'm Chris from Azure, um, and I'm a singer and uh, like rhythm guitarist and songwriter. And I'm Galen, and I'm the lead guitarist. So it's nice to have you guys here playing at the festivals. Going to be a chance to see you play live here later today. Um, you guys have been around for a few years now, right? And uh, I think most of our listeners will be sadly unfamiliar with your stuff because you're, a, I would say, up-and-coming band in the genre. So yeah. would you tell us a little bit about how you came together when you started out and like a little bit of the history of the, 
of the of the band. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we both uh, met in. It was actually us two who's like kind of met first um, when the project began. That was kind of like. At two, university. Yeah, it was, it was uni. And you had a dream theater bag, and I was like, I need to talk to that guy because it was like the first week. <laughs> and I went to his house, and we just started sort of playing some music together, but it was really bad. Um, so we did that for a while, and Chris was like, right, we need to get some more people in on the band. And I was like, all right, cool. And at first, he was going to call it the Chris Sampson Project. And I was like, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing guitar in the Chris Sampson Project. <laughs> we have to give it a name. Um, so we ended up calling it Azure. Mm. And... Um, yeah, and then we worked on, well, Chris really worked on the first EP, because it was mostly a solo thing to begin with. I see. Um, and that, yeah, talk about that. Yeah, so it was just kind of like, uh, kind of, I was into a lot of progressive metal, like you said, that's kind of how we, we all kind of came friends, but kind of wanted to make it a bit synthier, a bit, not poppier, but like, a, a, like not as heavy as a lot of the progressive metal that's happening at the moment, a bit more fantasy-based, mm. kind of like, you know, drawing from older synthier bands, but... With a modern twist. <laughs> but, because yeah, so because like, now we're talking about the, the EP from 2015, right? The Dreams of a Soul yeah. EP. Don't listen, yeah. don't, don't listen to that. Oh, really? <laughs> like, like there, we, do, we occasionally will do a couple of the songs from that live, but yeah. honestly, we probably will re-record the better ones at some point later on. I see. But yeah, we, it, honestly, the starting point for listening would probably be like, we had the Wish for Spring, which is still quite synthy. It's still a little bit undercooked. But then once yeah. we had like Red Tail, it was a bit more of like a definite sound. Hmm. And we, I mean, in a bit, we'll talk about some of the stuff to come as well, I guess. Yeah. So you feel that the, the Red Tail EP that was released last year, right? That, that that's yeah. like a defining sound for, for the band now. More of a, this is, what you want to sound like. Yeah, or, like yeah. It, it, was, it was nice to introduce the sort of power metal elements to it. Oh. Um, you know, the, like the fast, chuggy guitars. Yeah. But, and, and also like the storytelling. Like that was really prominent on Wish for Spring, but like we really want to make it a thing that we're just... Like, yeah, stories. Yeah, we always want to tell a story with a song. Mm. So we're just like really focusing on like these long narratives within the pieces. Yeah, because I saw after the EP or like related to the EP, it said something like Red Tail will return. So I'm guessing this yeah, is like Red a character. Red Tail will return. Yeah. <laughs> That's a promise. Yeah. <laughs> this is a character you want to yeah. like bring forward into your, your yeah. new yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think that like Red Tail, sorry. <laughs> Red Tail like was definitely that, that song in particular because there's quite a lot of short songs. Um, which for spring and like not many people heard it like listened to the whole the whole record for that and there was a long one at the end which was a bit more of a story but when with red tail we were like look let's just take a chunk of music like put that out as because this will be some people's first listen as well red tail will be some and when they listen to that that is just kind of like a start to finish just story song piece yeah. and it kind of like like we were saying it's kind of like uh, just a, a finished narrative which you could just listen to as one piece of music. Mm. So that was like the def there was a, it definitely outlined the first time we were like here is a full story <laughs> in a song. Yeah. But but also on Wish for Spring, um, another thing that we just are doing a lot is sort of taking like musical themes and like bringing round throughout all the songs. So like kind of like in the Deer, Deer Hunter, like lot lot of recurring themes, yeah. lot of recurring characters, lot of intertwining stories between the narratives. So we're trying to do that, but we're also trying to write fun songs. Yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> we, we do want to sound good too. Yeah. <laughs> That's the goal. So I guess I, it's just like a, like a kind of ordinary question, but if someone was like totally unfamiliar with you guys, how would you like describe yourself to, to someone to like give them an inkling of what does really Azur sound like? Somewhere in between Dream Theater and the 1975. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, if you, if you say it, it's like, it's prog with a bit fancy, like we said, but there's a lot of, like, synth-pop influence. So, I mean, as two extremes, that's pretty good. Because obviously it's, it's not like, there's, it's kind of like all melodic progressive metal, those influences. And then the synth pop's obviously kind it, of it's like most, it's yeah. mostly the sonic sort of oh yeah sorry yeah it's it's mostly the more sonic experimentation that we like to take from like modern pop music with the sort of digital sounds of artists like Charlie XCX yeah like, and just like just weird noises mm. that yeah. like a lot of other bands are a bit sort of iffy to touch because like oh no very computery <laughs> don't, don't want to touch those but we like those sounds we think they're cool and like a lot of video game music influence because we you know you know how it is. Because we're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, just, it's like there's a lot of nerdy influence as well. Mm. Like, I think that, I think definitely it's kind of, a lot of people when they first heard some of the older stuff, they were like, this is very, like, game music. Like, mm. someone was like, just sounds like RuneScape, but like, <laughs> but rock. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, like, at first we're kind of like, uh, but then we're like, actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> well, talking about that, nerdy music and nerdy influences and all that, you know, that ties well into the fact that you are releasing a new album or a new soundtrack, really, just coming up now from where you have written a soundtrack to a movie, right? Uh, it's an, 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 an animated movie. Yeah, it, well, it's an anime-inspired TV series. Oh, I see, yeah. So it's, it's not like... It's, it's like like a sort of Western-made anime animation, kind of like Legend of Korra sort of thing. Let's see. Um, or like... Ruby, if anyone's ever heard of that, but that that sort of that some sort of, of some of our listeners, some of them, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and that happened entirely by accident because um, we'd finished all the writing for the other new album that isn't out yet, and we'd given it to our mate Gareth to um, like sort out a lot of the production because when we finished the other two albums, um, a lot of the reviews were like weren't too sure on the production. We were like, all right. Let's sort that out. Mm. Um, so we're sorting that out, and Gareth Topping, he's, he's an awesome producer. He's, he's the guy from Slice of Cake. One of oh. my, yeah, he's just one of my mates. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dario's a big fan. Yeah. Oh, no, Gareth's lovely. Yeah. He's awesome. Um, yeah, it's just because I like, um, for one of their two gigs, I played guitar for them. Because, jo yeah, Jonas couldn't make it, so mm. like, I had to learn the set in like two weeks. And just like, <laughs> it, was, it was a long set. Anyway, enough about that. Mm. That's another story. R.I.P. Slice of cake, for real. Um, but yeah, Gareth's working on the um, mix, and it's sounding excellent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's been taking, taking his time doing really just solid work on it. Um, and in that time, we just got asked by this um, guy we knew from some other band we worked with a while back. And he was like, oh yeah, I'm working on um, this show at the moment. We need some music. Can you, can you do like an anime OP? Um, and we were like, we'll give that a go. <laughs> so we just sat at home, just sending files to each other, back and forth, just guitar profiles, or like, we'd get on Facebook Messenger and just like open up the microphone, and I'd be like, what if, what if there's a bit that goes, bip, 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 like that, <laughs> and just be like, like, bip, 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 and like, nah, nah, doo, doo, like, yeah, yeah. So you'd just be sending files back and forth. We, we didn't write any of this in the same room except for one song, yeah. but 
Yeah, but it's sort of like a di digital jamming, right? Yeah, Where pretty it's like much. Goes back and forth all the time. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, in, within a couple of days, we just had like this really like rough mix together, and we sent it to them, and Scott was like, "Oh my god, this is perfect," yeah. and we were like, "Oh cool," and so he sent it to the producers, sent it to like everyone who's working on it, and he was like, "Can you do the rest of the soundtrack?" Or like a soundtrack album, really. It's not. It's not a soundtrack, sort of in like the traditional sense. It's not. There's like some sort of more like we've taken a lot of the themes from the pieces and like spun them out into like instrumental bits to have like in the background of the music. But a lot of it is just songs about the narrative of the show. Um, so it's it's a few tracks. Um, well, it's like an album's length of tracks, mm. um, and it's just been really cool. Like he also let us like keep our aesthetic you know yeah um he, we didn't have to change too much of our sound to like a lot of it was to a brief because we're writing about this show but like well we, i guess that's we wanted to keep it honest to ourselves i guess that's the reason he asked you as well right because yeah. he liked your sound and if you would change and do something completely different for the show it would be like they could have gotten someone else because yeah. they wanted that azure Exactly. To it, so, I mean, so. we, we've done some other like we've we've taken the opportunity to like experiment with a few more moves and mm. sounds on this thing, um, but yeah, and it's just so we've been working on that while Gareth's been mixing the album. So next year there should be two albums worth of stuff coming out, or more if we end up doing more. But like, let's not <laughs> do that. Let's just <laughs> let's just do what we've done. Yeah, let's just finish our work. Because your second real album that's on its yeah, way. That's already recorded and yeah, yeah. all yeah. the tracking is done all the writing is done which is you should do that before the tracking and we did yeah. so that worked <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and that's that's on its way and we're really excited yeah i mean like i honestly it's been it's been weird juggling the two project projects like like galen was saying because um for the album which we wrote which is just an azure album um which is like going to come out when obviously the production's finished that was just very much just the same way the other ones are written, um, with a, you know like more and more band influence, like real drums and everything, because everything before was like programmed, but the new as your album's got like real drums and stuff like that. So it's a bit more of a, an effort on the production it's all round. Yeah. yeah, it's just it sounds more live, um, which is nice because now we're playing more shows and stuff. We kind of want to have a sound that that is recognisable both at the gig and on the record. Um, but with the with the anime soundtrack. It's been a lot more focused on, like, like we say, working to these briefs, and like, so we've got something going on in the background. So now we can just sit down and focus on individual songs that are for specific things. So it's been, it's nice to have such, like, two completely different, like, areas we're looking at. We listen to one of our our anime tracks, and it's like, there, it just sounds like two special different things. And so when they both come out, it's going to be quite exciting because if someone doesn't like the new Azure record, maybe they'll like the anime record, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, so you guys said the new album is completely done and now in the mixing phase. Yep. Um, does that mean you already have some of the songs in your live repertoire or not yet? Yeah, so today <laughs> we're playing six songs and two of them are out. So four songs are going to be new, brand new songs that aren't out yet. <laughs> so that's what's happening. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's sorry. That's that's the nice part of like having the the freedom of like we're, we're somewhere where not a huge amount of people know um, all of our music that is out anyway. So playing a bunch of the new stuff, it'll be nice to see how that's received before we've even released it. 
Um, because I'm just excited to play it. So excited to play it. Um, and it's going to be, there's a lot of different sounds happening because we're ranging from some really slow stuff to some like power metal, fast, exciting stuff, which we haven't done before, especially live. Like it's going to be really, really fun for us to like be doing something at a gig that we've never done at a gig before. Um, be a different energy. So <laughs> see, how, see how it's received, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, more excited than we are nervous about showing people. Yeah. More excited about it, yeah. You spoke a little bit about how you worked on this anime series. So is that like uh, the same way that you work with songwriting in general? How does that process work with you guys? Do you work, do you jam out like in the rehearsal space? Do you write lyrics and then the music or the other way around? How does your process work? It's chaos. <laughs> it, it's something different every time. Yeah. It's just, we just sort of go. <laughs> fast <laughs> like so, sometimes Chris will sometimes I'll just write a riff and then Chris will go I know what to do with that Some, sometimes Chris will just make a whole thing on his own and he'll be like alright can you just play this yeah um, and it, you know it's, it, it's getting more collaborative as time goes on like it, it's started off as mostly Chris but now more people are getting their sort of voice involved and we're writing more for the band than to just for a computer. Yeah. <laughs> so does that mean that most of the music on the debut album was Chris's, yeah, yours, your stuff? And yeah. what about Red Tail? Was that also your... Uh, so that, that's actually a really good turning point because like we said, the first, like Wish for Spring, it's on Spotify, that, that was like songwriting, basically like I wrote songs and then was like, Galen, can you write some parts for the songs? Like to go on top yeah. of bits I'd written. Yeah. Um, but when it came to Red Tail, just before we'd like finished that, like before we sorry before we decided to do that, um, we'd had like some sessions at uh, Galen's where he was showing me some of his ideas, coming up with some stuff and showing me, and then like we kind of took some of the best stuff and then I kind of back and forth a bit with some of the ideas. Like yeah. there's like um, the bits that we've we've performed half of Red Tail live a, a couple of gigs and the second half starts with this like riff which we always joked said it was like the anime riff mm. and that before anything happened with the anime <laughs> yeah ironically before we even were involved with the anime and that riff was straight up just something that Galen came up with sent it to me and I was like that's inspired me <laughs> like yeah. and, and then it, Redtail just and Redtail just happened based on the shape of like taking all those ideas and putting it together mm. so I mean that that and that was really the start of us like actually writing whole songs with both of our ideas and stuff yeah uh, I mean, I, I honestly, I just think it's, there's a lot of people out there doing like just solo project, bedroom guitar stuff, and that's wicked. Yeah. But like, for me at least, as um, I've, like the longer I've done this for, I've found that with uh, more people involved and in, with putting in their ideas, all it means is that all of those tastes, everyone's tastes are all being combined. So it's kind yeah. of going to appeal to more people anyway. It's going to make more people happy because no one's got the same, like uh, no one comes from the same direction when it comes to writing music, which means that, collaborative efforts are always going to sound the most varied, I think, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about that. Of course, since we're here at the Euroblast Festival, I have to ask you guys, you know, you, you told me before we did this interview, really, that this is your fourth live performance? This be? is our fourth gig. Yeah. So what is your, what was your knowledge about the festival before, well, you know? Well, I've just been interested in this music since about, 2009 when I first, like, you know, I heard Obzen, I heard, like, the Animals as Leaders 
self-titled, which I just love. Mm. And like, I, I, I was like really early into the whole gent thing. And I just always wanted to go to Euroblast, but I could never really afford it. Um, and yeah, and now we're here. And this is, this is my first time here, and now I'm you're just playing so here, happy. Yeah, yeah that's, <laughs> you, that's really cool. Yeah. So I'm just so happy to finally be here, because every year I'm like, oh, maybe I'll go to Euroblast. But then I'm just like, oh, no. No, not, not this month. Yeah. <laughs> It'll have to be in 12 months. Yeah. But like, finally we're, we're here, and it's, it's just the coolest thing, because I've always wanted to go. And I'm really happy we're playing on the first day, because then that means after we've played, like, we can just <laughs> you watch can enjoy the rest. all the bands and just be like, oh, yes, because <laughs> oh, I just love this music so much. Yeah, good. Well, you mentioned it's, it's a good place to ask this question, then, because you mentioned Ob Obson, you mentioned Animals as Leaders. Oh, yeah. are, there, uh, are there other like inspirations? I know you said something about like the old, more, more classical progressive metal. Uh, what yeah. about like movies? Authors, other art, is there things that well, you, I, I, you bring into your music? Well, I can't tell you too many of my influences because then you'll sue me for copyright. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but like, nah, no, like, but things that inspire you to, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. to write your music. Uh, yeah. No, nah, honestly, like, uh, lyrically, a lot of fantasy books, mm. um, love, love books, love um, games, like all those kind of just like fantasy narratives. Yeah. But in terms of music, in terms of sound, like, I like with synths, I kind of want to be copying, not copying, but like using synths more in a way where like synths were a lot heavier in prog, maybe like in the late 70s, early 80s, like that kind of sound, yeah. but not using their sounds. <laughs> like, because obviously the, the sounds back then were quite a lot like more dated. Yeah. And trying to do those kind of things, but with the more, the more modern, modern sounds, take to it, it, yeah. it kind of just has a whole new uh, like like sound to it it's, it's it's an interesting thing because it's not even like that's an accidental thing mm. you can try and write a song that sounds like a yes song but if you've got um like an exciting new library of sounds to choose from you won't sound like yes you'll sound unique of course and that's that's not like exactly what i did but you know what i, I mean it's just that's an example mm. but yeah so old old music i'm huge like galen said into like Dream Theater, I'm actually a huge Iron Maiden fan. That doesn't really creep its way like massively into the music, but it's just something. Well, <laughs> it's, yeah. It contributes. <laughs> well, I could probably talk for hours about how I think Iron Maiden is prog, but that's another thing. I do, right? I yeah. do. <laughs> but I won't argue with people who disagree, but I, I do as well. <laughs> well, I think it's like, when I first heard you guys, I was like thinking a lot about the 80s, uh, prog scene with stuff like you know Twelfth Night and Marillion and oh, things like yeah. that and I felt like you guys had a lot of that also that UK sound if that makes sense to you in your music is that well, something yeah I mean I think honestly a lot of a lot of the like early prog bands uh, a lot of them are UK like the ones that I listen to at least like well I mean like bands like Yes and Genesis like of course, yeah. that's just kind of like they just happen to be English, so I don't know if maybe that, that, that bleeds into it. A lot of like, bands that we listen to are from like, Europe and America as well. But I, I, honestly, what, what would you mean when you say UK sound? Yeah, it's like, um, you know, I was thinking about the, when, when, when Prog was like, quite down and out in the 80s, but you still had some bands in the UK like Palace and... Uh, oh, yeah. Marillion yeah, and Twelfth I mean, Night and stuff like that, and they had this kind of, uh, especially like with the synth and this this kind of, and you guys have a bit of the same, and it might be also because you're not 
a lot of more modern bands, they go like all in with, you know, the genty sound being very heavy, very hard. You're not yeah. as oh, yeah. solid or as, as, yeah. I totally follow what you mean though, yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of, in the 80s, like, there's, like, like you say, bands like Marillion, they'll have like a really progressive, cool thing that happens that's completely out there. Mm. And, but then it will kind of always return to something which is like, not necessarily anthemic, but catchy. Exactly, and, yeah. And very, not, I would probably say quite accessible. And I think that, that really appeals to me. So yeah. like when, when we're writing songs, yeah. I do think we do keep in mind that we, we want to be able to sing along in a kind of like fun way. You want to enjoy yourself um, and then enjoy some crazy technical stuff as well at some mm. point. Um, and I think we, we kind of looking for the balance. Yeah. We like to do like very technical things, but we don't like to do it for the whole song. So like whenever there's a solo, it's just, it's something that, It'll keep me up all night practicing, 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 just like bits that shouldn't happen. Um, but we just, we just keep them confined to like, maybe a solo, maybe a bridge. And we don't, like, there's a lot of difficult parts, but then sometimes there's just a part that's just like almost unplayable, but we, we get through it. Um, but like, I, I wouldn't want to do like some, I mean, like, I love like Jason Richardson, but the thought of doing stuff like that for a whole set is just like, I could, that, that, it'd be a lot of work. Um, and this is a lot of work too, but it's just like, I'd like it more <laughs> to, to do, personally. I love listening to that stuff. I like, see, I yeah. really, I really love, like, insane guitar. Yeah. Like, Sean Lane, like, Guthrie Govan. I love Jacob. Like, I saw Jack, when Jacob put up, put up his first video, Jacob Zetecki. Yeah. Like, I, I covered that video once when I was younger. It's not, the cover's all right. <laughs> and, like, I just, I just wanted to be like all these, all these guys, but I, I, I never really wanted to do it for like a whole song. I, I like it like, like, like in Dream Theater where they, they keep, the, keep the really crazy stuff confined to little moments and segments. Because yeah. I really love the sound of solos that just go out. Hmm. Um, so yeah. Yep. So uh, thank you so much guys for, for talking to us and for uh, telling us about your, your albums, your music, your experiences. Thanks you, so much for having us. Yeah. Do you have any final words for the Euroblast crowd, for the listeners of the broadcast, anything you want to say? Yeah. Of course we have to say go to Spotify, go to Bandcamp, listen to their music because it's amazing. But oh, Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I'd, I'd love to get some more listens on those, but honestly, look, uh, wait for the, the new stuff as well. Can't wait to put that out. So, um, any ETA you, yeah. for the for the anime series? Definitely, uh, we, we can't really talk we, about we can't, that. We can't talk about that in detail because. But we can yeah. talk about the album. Yeah, yeah. Our, our album. Definitely expect it. I'd, I'd say early next year, probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's it's definitely. I mean, it's finished on our end, but we want to make sure it's as good as possible, and Everything's as and it's going to be as enjoyable as it can be. So yeah, um, thanks for listening to us and. Thanks for checking out our new album, when you do. <laughs> All right, thanks Rune, thanks Galen and Chris, and we'll uh, be back shortly with another band, Freaks Out. <laughs> All right, what's up, Freaks? We are uh, still at Euroblast Festival. It's the 19th interview, and it's going to be the last one, and uh, Rune and I are very happy to have uh, some guys from the band. Head with Wings here. Um, I'm going to hand over to Rune. He's uh, 
he knows the band a bit better than I do, so he's gonna uh, do that interview as well. Yeah, thanks guys, thanks for talking to us. Would you please introduce yourself, say who, who you are and what your role in the band is? I'm Brandon, I'm a guitar player. I'm Steve, the bass player. I'm Testa and I play the drums. Yeah, thanks for talking to us. You know, um, I'm a big fan of Head With Wings. Dario loves Head With Wings, but we might have listeners out there that don't really know you guys. So would you say a little bit about the band, the history of the band, you know, how you came together and, and, and the journey up until now? Um, I think how we became a band is probably too long of a story for this interview, but um, I I don't know, do either of you really have uh, anything? Both of them are, I mean, Andrew was a member from the beginning, but uh, left for a bit um, while we were doing the first album. And Steve is a relatively new member, didn't actually perform on the album, but has only been well, now touring with us and uh, been doing phenomenal stuff with uh, all the material moving forward that we've been doing. Um, yeah. My name's Andrew. I referred to myself as Testa earlier. I am the drummer. <laughs> just wanted to clear that up. Um, yeah, uh, I was in the band when it first started, and we wrote an EP together. And uh, you know, I, I took a, a leave of absence for a while to do some of my own things. And I saw what the band was doing without me, and and uh, it was just inspirational. And I wanted to get back involved with it, you know. So, uh, you know, I uh, reached out to Josh and uh, got back involved, and we started making new music and doing more shows and moving forward, and that's where we are now. Yeah, because the EP you're referring to, Living with the Loss, right? That was released in 2013. Yes. Yeah, and I remember finding that like randomly on Happenstance on Bandcamp and really connecting with that EP. And then you guys disappeared. You were gone yeah. up until the release of your album last year. And, and uh, could you say something about what happened? Why, why, why the long break until we heard from you again? Um, I guess, uh, you know, people get kind of spoiled seeing a lot of bands that they like come out with albums every two, three years at most. Um, and for us, everything was very DIY. We were doing it ourselves. So to come up with the resources to even, we had a lot of that material ready long before it was actually released, but we just didn't have the means to get it done. We didn't have the right team to work with. So it really just it took a long time to get all those pieces to fall into place before we could actually make it happen. Yeah, because that's something, you know, we got to touch on, the fact that you guys are working or work with, with Frank from Earthside, and he's been an instrumental part, right, in, in helping you guys record and, and, and get the new album out, at least. I don't know, was he uh, involved with the first EP as well, or...? Yeah, Frank, uh, and actually, was Jamie involved with the yeah, first one? Jamie, Jamie, Jamie as well. Okay, so yeah, Frank and Jamie... Um, have kind of worked as a team with us, and they, uh, I mean, if not for them, neither of those records would have happened because they produced and tracked, for the most part, both of them. Um, and, you know, it, it very much, they they had as, it was as much vision of, is their, of theirs as it was ours. You know, we kind of worked as a collaborating team and weren't just viewing them as like outsiders that were just there to mix and track, you know. So they were, they were really much part of Head with Wings for a big part of that process. 
I see. So I, I think that's uh, a good segue into asking about your your process. You know, your songwriting process. You know, the lyrics, everything. How does a uh, how does a, a Hedwig Wings song get made? Where where do you start? Do you are you the kind of guys who like jam in your rehearsal space? You know, a lot of people now they work on at home on their computers and they like to like this digital jam where they send things back and forth. How do you guys work? We've pretty much tried just about every method for songwriting just to see what's the most effective. Um, but moving forward with this next album, um, it seems what we've been doing is much more well-received live than our recorded work. So we want to try capturing that a bit differently. And I, that's what I think going to affect the songwriting where it's going to have to have more of that live feel. It can't just be me or Josh sit down, write a song, and then everyone writes their parts to it. It's got to be, you know, show up with a, a riff or an idea, and then we as a band organically create it. So everybody kind of gets to put a piece of them into the song. Yeah, because you talk about the reception of your debut album, like from, from Worry to Shame that was released last year. And um, how happy were you with the reception uh, of the album, did you feel you got it out there like you wanted to, or are there things you have learned now for, because I know there's an upcoming album coming out, so is, is it things you're gonna do different this time, you think? I would say the album was well received. Um, personally, I don't feel it got out as much as I would have liked, but that's you know common with the band at our level, so um, that doesn't really eat at me that much. But uh, with the upcoming album, I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes because it seems that we're gaining some traction by uh, branching out and doing these kind of shows and events, uh, Euroblast, and uh, so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it and uh, hoping, hoping that we can come up with a way to get it out there a little more efficiently and into the hands of people that would appreciate it. Yeah, the, the, the subject matter of the album itself is quite dark, I would say. It's... Uh, it's something that you know you can delve into and and look at it. And uh, is that something that you think you will be doing going forward as well? You know, it's a, a concept, right? The, the album. And is that something that you think, or that will happen with your new album as well? That you're gonna go on with this kind of concept work? Uh, we're not necessarily deliberately trying to do concept records. If they can be perceived that way, that's great. Um, even from Worry of Shame was, uh, we call it a concept record, but it's very uh, vague and it's subjective enough where uh, a listener can kind of change the story a little bit for themselves to make it what they need it to be. And uh, I think that's pretty important that things are relatable to somebody and I think with that, we don't want to be too direct with what we're doing. So we, want, we don't want to say, this is what it's about. Um, we can kind of push you in, the right in a direction, but if you can branch off and build a story for yourself from there, that's great. It, uh, just, I was saying yesterday to Josh, even him and I view parts of the story that we told differently. Um, that's just, you know, for me, this story means one thing to me uh, from just rather vague lyrical passages, I interpret them different than he does. So I think moving forward, that's a thing that I at least want to maintain, where different pe the album can be for the listener what they 
need it to be for them. I think that's the most important thing with writing songs or finding new music is that it's it's something that connects to you on a personal level. Uh, and I think, uh, I don't know if I can definitely speak for everybody else, but um, life is pretty dark and that's made me a bit of a dark person. So I probably will continue to write more melancholic music, but who knows, maybe things will turn around. <laughs> Well, I think what you're saying there about music and art in general, right, is, is we interpret it differently based on, on where, we, where we come from, what our experiences has been. And in that regard, I want to ask you guys, so what about your inspirations? Where, where do the inspirations for the music you create, what kind of music do you like to listen to yourself? Are there like movies, you know, uh, books, uh, authors, also. whatever that... that Painters. Lead into the to, to the music of uh, of Hadoot Wings. Uh, I am I'm the bass player Steve, and I have I've come from a, a lot of different genres of a background: uh, rock, metal, some funk, some blues. Uh, I was a jazz guitarist for a long time, way back in the day, until I really found a love for bass. Um, and one of the reasons I think I latched onto Head with Wings so so well and quickly is I heard so many different inter interpretations of the root motion and and how you can portray that kind of song. So it was a, a very, very cool um, band and project to come into where I had a lot of freedom to uh, control the movement with Testa and, and control some root motion with the textures of the chords that Brandon and Josh create. It was so much up for interpretation that um, it was just so cool. So, yeah. Well, you said a little bit now about your musical background. What about you, Andrew, and you, Brandon? What, what kind of musical background do you have outside of Head With Wings, maybe? Uh, before Head With Wings, I was a, a hardcore kid. I loved metal, hardcore. Uh, come from New England, where the Boston scene was booming during my uh, upbringing and it was, uh, it was awesome to be a part of. Uh, it's kind of funny how I ended up writing music like Head With Wings because uh, I have a predominant metal, death metal, hardcore background. Um, that definitely fuels a lot of the way I play and you know, uh, my inspiration is usually drawn from like simple, heavy, uh, you know, really, powerful. yes, powerful, yeah, yeah. just uh, get the point across, but not be too much, but still not be too little. So uh, that's where most of my uh, inspiration is drawn from. Um, a lot of my inspiration kind of has come from the, the albums that I've listened to growing up that just really meant something to me. And I mean, it's not really one particular style. My top albums that I enjoy the most are probably black metal, but then, you know, right behind them is probably going to be an emo album. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm very much all over the place and I have a lot of guilty pleasures when it comes to music. Um, but they meant something to me you know, at that time in my life. They were something I needed, and that's really that's what inspires me the most is to try to do for other people what those bands did for me, those albums. Yeah, I can totally get that because it's it is even if Head with Wings is you know like a, it's hard to put down. It's progressive. It's an alternative rock band. In a way, you can heal, hear all kinds of influences in your music. So I think that that's it's it's natural yeah. when I hear your you guys' background. Yeah. 
So being here in Köln, in Europe, you guys, your first trip over here as a band at least, yeah. to be able to play. Uh, and of course I want to talk about that, but before, I want, before that I want to ask you about the, the scene back home. Uh, how is the prog scene back over the pond and, and what kind of support and what kind of opportunities have you been afforded there? You, you might be, you're in sound so you might be better suited for this, you see a lot of it. Uh, there's a there's a lot of dedicated fans back there. Um, it, it seems like it's a, a smaller, close knit group. Uh, a little bit more separation between subgenres, um, and I just ran blank. No, what's the scene? The scene. Sorry, um, it's it's tough sometimes to, for, for a, a so com complex different band to us to fit into one of those niche genres. Um, but we had, had a great opportunity to play with Thank You Scientist and Bent Knee, and that was a, a great show for us in a, a very welcoming environment, very similar to the kind of people that are around here. Um, and it's, it's been very cool to come over here and see the support of all, all the family of Euroblast and travel Europe a little bit, but um, we, we came over here to, to meet more of us, you know? It's, it's harder, it e seems easier to meet people over here, you know? Well, I would guess that there, there is a, a larger and more tight-knit community also because, you know, Europe in general is smaller, you know, yeah. within a few hours you're in France or you're in the Netherlands and you can experience gigs or travel around like you guys are doing a few gigs in, in Germany after, after Euroblast, right? So, but I want to ask about your experience with the festival then because I have to be, you know, we have to be honest and say you're a bit outside of the scope of yes. the festival in general, which is more gent, metalcore, yes. uh, this kind of... There's a few bands we've been really enjoying this week and like Hyperfora we just yeah, listened to, Head With Wings, wow. where, yeah, Azur was another band that was very interesting and outside. How have you enjoyed the festival and how do you feel you fit in? How, has, how do you feel the reception was to your, your gig, Anna? I felt... Um, a little nervous beforehand for what you've just said, uh, exactly that. But uh, as soon as we uh, finished our set here and before we even finished our set, all the people that were just welcoming and, and people that were interested in hearing our set, even though they have like a Chocron shirt on, they're still excited to go catch our set. That was, that was a, you know, a cool feeling. Uh, I got to say, it's, it's just, uh, it's awesome so far. So, yeah. Did you know about the festival beforehand, before you came here? What was like your introduction to, to Euroblast? For me, um, I did not know about this festival beforehand. But as soon as I heard that we have the opportunity to possibly play here, I, I researched it extensively. And, uh, and I saw that most of my favorite bands have been here, um, some of them multiple times. And so I was like, how did I not know about this? Um, shame on me, you know? So uh, I'm super excited to know that this is a thing and it's going to continue for years. So hopefully I can get back here next year or sometime again. So hell yeah. This might be kind of a cliche question, but you know, if you were to introduce your music to someone who never heard of the band, what would be the track you would put on for them to listen to? 
what encapsulates the head with wings sound and, and feeling? Um, that's always been, even to this day, that's a struggle for me because it's, I think it's different. We've got enough different songs that it, it kind of depends on. You got to read the, the listener a little bit and kind of tell what do they tend to like. Um, there's definitely songs like From Worry to Shame that very much encompass everything we do. Um, but some of those songs, I think, can be more difficult for a listener to to listen to because we aren't a, like, you know, get your attention within the first 10 seconds of the song kind of band. And a lot of people, when you put on a song, they expect something that's, you know, hitting hard right away. Yeah. So it really... For me, it's changed. It's dependent. I'll usually ask them, "Well, what what do you like?" And then I'll try to pick a track from there and base it off that. Um, you recently had like some some special releases aside with Vikram Shankar doing uh, piano interpretations from one of the songs and also a medley of the whole album. So uh, I think maybe. That medley for for music lovers that are that have the attention span to 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 grasp a bigger concept and uh, who don't need like first hit uh, yeah. hard hard hitting thing to happen in the first 10 seconds or so. Uh, I think that would be a, a a cool starting point as well to uh, uh, yeah to get a, a little bit of a bigger picture about the the melodies that flow throughout the album, yeah. right? Absolutely. <laughs> Yep, yeah, and I feel that's a good uh, opportunity as well to ask about your work with Wickram. How did that come about and, and what's your thoughts on it now that it's out there for people to listen to? I personally didn't have much to do with it, but when I uh, was able to hear the final products, um, I was blown away and I was excited to have even any connection with Vikram. So uh, I messaged him personally and and uh, praised his work because it was awesome. And, uh, you know, I wish I was a little more involved with it, but from what I saw and heard, it was stellar. It was so stellar, in fact, that we reached out to him again to uh, have him create a couple uh, transitional tracks for our live set. So the, the few times where there, we, we need a couple seconds to retune, um, he has provided another custom Uh, interpretation of song to song in our set. So that's what wow. you heard last night a couple times. That's what we used last night. That's yes. what, that's, yes. yeah. So that was, that's amazing. And it, it was so inspiring to hear his uh, interpretation and renditions of all the songs. Amazing. And I could elaborate a little bit on why we decided to do that. Um, years ago when we were still working on Living with the Loss, uh, Jamie Van Dyke from Earthside uh, he knew the songs on piano and he performed them for he just played them in front of us on piano and it was just incredible to hear those songs on piano there's just there's something about a guitar that just can't capture that kind of power uh it was very moving we had considered a few different methods of uh you know doing alternate versions of the songs with different instrumentation um inspired by just watching him do that and uh Josh is constantly networking, and I'm not exactly sure how he and Vikram had met, 
but you know Vikram was excited to do it for us and uh, we knew we had that is what we had been looking for and once once he showed up it was kind of just you know meant to be once we were finally ready there he was I see and I, I think that's that's a really really good representation like Dario said uh, of the band of the sound of the the emotion, the melancholy of your your band. He did a great job on that. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also want to. We talked a little bit about upcoming stuff, right? That you you are working on a new album. So, where are you in the process of that? Is it? Uh, are you recording? Are you? And how will you be working on it this time around? I had actually had the chance to have a, a quick chat with Josh yesterday, and he, he talked to me about maybe staggering out the releases a little bit so you would be coming out with a single now and then. Do you have a, like a different mindset for, for the, the upcoming release? We want to make sure we put out content faster than we have in the past. Um, as soon as we get back from Europe to the States, we're going to start work on... Uh, if you caught the set last night, we played Of Uncertainty. Yeah, one song. One That's one song. going to be the single that we're going to start work on as soon as we get back. Um, and it, that's very much going to be an, a, a bit of an experiment. We're going to try different methods of tracking we haven't done before. Um, uh, I'm not sure how much I can say on who we're going to try to work with, but we're you know, even trying to work with uh, people we haven't in the past, kind of expand our team a little bit more and see how this process goes, how long it takes, what it costs, and then um, whether we release a series of EPs, singles, or if we can get an entire album down, that's kind of relative to how much, uh, how much resources we have to work with and how, you know, what everything really comes down to costing. Well, uh, I want to talk... Thank you guys for taking the time to talk to us. Talk to us. That was uh, very nice. And then I yeah, have to say, really of cool course, insights. Yeah. And I have to say, you know, everyone who listens, go to Spotify, go to Bandcamp, check out their music. You know. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and head with wings, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really excited uh, to hear new stuff from you guys. I wish you uh, all the best for the upcoming uh, German dates. I wish I could attend Absolutely, one, yeah. but uh, I will be going. We will actually, Rune and me, will be going to to uh, the Netherlands to uh, go to Proc Power, yet another yeah, festival that's, that's ahead next, next weekend. Yeah. Uh, so busy schedule here as well. So all the best, guys. Thanks for being on the show, and hope to talk to you soon again. Freaks out, and that was the Euroblast. <laughs> The broadcast will be back for a regular episode, as always, this coming Thursday. Until then, take care and freaks out. The Freaks Progcast presented by the Prague Space is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. The show is produced by Janine Stango, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, Dario Albrecht, and myself, Randy M. Salo. Our theme music is provided by This Is Not An Elephant. Thanks for tuning in, freaks. See you next time. Freaks out.